Welcome back to Goodbye to All That. I'm your host, Michael Ford, joined by Marshall and Courtney from Blurred Watchers on the Pop Break Network. We're keeping it in. It's a family affair, as they say. Um, we are here to talk about the most recent season of The Boys on Amazon. Uh, Amazon Prime, I guess, is the official uh, official Amazon Prime video, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Jeff Bezos puts money in his pocket. <laughs> Um, we are, you know, going to keep it a little bit looser than we normally do. I mean, you know, we're not on compound V, so we're, we don't have uh, 24 hours before our, our power, our, our nerd powers uh, deactivate. But uh, before we get into discussing the episode, um, you know, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, a little bit about, uh, you know, both Blurred Watchers and the other podcasts you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us, Michael. I mean, we're really excited to discuss uh the boys it's one of our favorite shows actually um but my name is marshall and uh i'm courtney <laughs> yeah and uh we're we're uh, a married couple and we like to do nerdy shit and spend time with each other on the radio so that's essentially what blurred watchers is we uh review television um whether that be in whatever spectrum of nerddom that yeah. we were existing at the time, anime, um, fantasy. superheroes, fantasy. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, we try to, we try to have fun with it. Um, <laughs> so we have blurred watchers on the pop break network. And we also have our uh, lifestyle podcast blurred life with my wife, uh, where I am the titular blurred and, I'm this, a wife, but I'm also a blurred. So. Yeah, that was, that was a little confusing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So some, it's, 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 you know, I like dad jokes. So there's a lot of puns that are involved, and um, we like to go on tangents, and we just have a good time. So you know. I mean, that bleeds over into blurred watchers. We go on a lot of tangents. Period. It's Alex has a tough time. I think. Um, I'm sure he yells at the screen when he's listening to our recordings, like, rain it in, please. Uh, but, he's having a good uh, time. We have fun. Nice. Good time. So before we get into the season, uh, what are you guys', um, ex uh, I, I guess I'd say, experience or uh, exposure to the boys uh, in its comic form, in its uh, sort of source material? For me, zero. <laughs> None. Mm -hmm. What about yeah, you? I didn't I didn't mess with the comic until after the boys came out. Mm -hmm. And for all intents and purposes, the understanding is that the show is better. That's what I've heard. It's starting to deviate, but it's like people are enjoying it better than the comics. I guess they're saying the characters are better fleshed out, mm -hmm. like they're more three dimensional, like literally, yeah. <laughs> literally and figuratively. Right. So sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't actually have any, I mean, I was aware of the comic and I was aware of a lot of people who were fans of the comic saying that, oh, it's who, how could they possibly adapt this, um, mm -hmm. you know, just based on how problematic it was uh, for its time. And mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I think the show, you know, we can, we'll get into it, of course, uh, but sort of overarching about the show is that they were really able to focus on the um, on the satire, you know, the the social commentary uh, of of making the story, which was clearly, um, you know, sort of your late '90s, early 2000s aesthetic um, of of uh, edgy com comic content, but but put it within um, 
referring, sorry, referring to the intersection of kind of like nerd culture, uh, political culture, and and hyper capitalism that you know kind of characterizes uh, the dystopia that we're currently living. In. <laughs> so, um, and I think that that's been for the better because to that end, once you know now the problematic elements are part of this this commentary and less about just pure nihilism. I agree with that. I think so. I think it, it definitely helps the story not be so much like wow okay just gratuitous violence it's like well no we're we're telling stories here um that's just like i want to say the little bit of spice to it but it's a lot of bit of spice exactly (laughs) yeah we may as well dive right into uh i mean the season starts off (laughs) in a urethra (laughs) you know like we're you know it comes out of the urethra please stop no yeah you know, a, I mean, it's, it's that's important. Haunting. That is, it is really important that a show uh, starts you right on, off with how much can you handle. Um, you know, you, you're in or you're out. I think when when a, when a when a season starts out in a urethra, um, it's, hmm. it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like if oh yeah, good. <laughs> I mean, they definitely set it up for you. Like, look, this is what like this is what the season is going to be about. This is what the show is going to be about. So like prepare yourself right um yeah and i and i can't remember whether the show was nominated for emmys in season two but i feel like it was um so i think that that's probably all also an element of we just want you to know that just we're not going to let the award stuff go to our heads like we're not selling mm-hmm. out here we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're doubling down um oh, they doubled <laughs> i definitely like that where it's like I think sometimes when shows get nominated for those type of awards, it kind of gives you a feeling of, okay, so now that you're this type of visibility, we got to rein it back a little mm. bit so we can kind of stay there. We can get nominated again. And, you know, the judges don't look at it as, wow, this is too gratuitous. I like that they were like, it's not going to stop. In fact, it's yeah. only going to get worse. Yeah. And worse in a good way, you yeah. know, because again, I've, I don't feel like too much of what happens is gratuitous. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's meant to be extreme. Um, it's meant to show the excesses, but I, you know, but I think that it, it works in the context of the story. I think you need to, um, you know, in a world where we, we have so much superhero immersion and we have, um, you know, shows like Invincible and shows like, um, you know, things like the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. You know, you you don't want to seem tame in relationship to those things. So you you know, if especially if you're meant to give more commentary into our world, uh, which is which is a world where the superheroes are the celebrities, and uh, and they're the people that can get away with everything, then yeah, certain things have to shock you, certain things have to appall you in order for you to really get the stakes of the uh, her- heroism and the villainy. A thousand percent. And also, I think I, I would agree that it's, it doesn't really get to the areas of gratuity or gratuitous violence. Uh, gratuity is not the same thing. But either way, <laughs> I don't think it gets to that point because we have to understand as viewers just how powerful these people mm-hmm. are. Um, and, and one of the things that we can compare it to, like, OK, when Iron Man shoots someone with his with his uh, gauntlet, yeah, that probably should burn right 
through someone, yeah. you know, and, and it doesn't happen because it's Marvel, right? It's Disney. Yeah. What if it wasn't, you exactly. know, what I mean? and this is a different picture of a, a, a world where these enhanced individuals exist and it should be bloody. Like if somebody punches you like that, yeah, your head should fly off yeah. your shoulders. Yeah. Like, or I mean, you know, strong. taking it back to you know, taking it back to the earlier um, seasons, you know, with um, with A Train, you yeah. know, like you know, how many times, right? How many times do we sort of like sanitize the concept of the speedster and you know, not think about you know things like friction and things like you know, again, running through someone and 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 all the messiness that would have to come from that. You know, I think that, like you said, I mean, in these entertain entertainment that's geared towards kids and geared towards family does, you know, isn't uh, equipped to um, grapple with those questions. And this is an opportunity to do it and to, you know, perhaps interrogate like what kind of person has to be okay with, you know, I ran through someone and killed them, but I still have to do my job. Yeah, I think definitely the whole show, and I guess as we get into the later episodes um, of this particular season, it's kind of like the personification, if you will, of that saying, like, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Like, mm -hmm. if you have sure. that much power and there's nobody who's a regular human that can challenge you, you're going to do what you want. Yeah. Who's going to say anything? I mean, particularly if you didn't have a strong moral core in the first place. You know? And that's what they talked about with compound compound v 24 v24 oh, v24 24 yeah. and basically compound v but v24 bringing out your abilities based off of like who you are you're yeah. gonna act based off of who you just who you are as a person is gonna inform how yeah. you use but also your powers yeah yeah i mean one thing that sort of occasionally comes up in the x-men world is the is the concept of the um of the mutation as a as a coping mechanism a survival mechanism so to speak um and what i might want to what we might want to think about is the idea of it kind of manifesting that the powers of of uh, compound v manifesting in such a way to uh, bolster what kind of deep down psychologically the person uh longs for or needs to be you know and, and to, to, to juxtapose sure. that with the way that it was inserted into the babies mm -hmm. and how it can you know it can create or evolve based off of when it's entered into the system at that time fair but then later on they find that they're injecting compound v into adults uh and then in season three we see a teenager be injected with compound V. So is there is there a difference between when it's injected into you and how it sort of uh sort of the, the way that it presents itself, right? Mm -hmm. Um based off of you know when you receive it as a child, as a baby, as an infant, is it different if you there are so many questions that that are worth time with mm -hmm. that concept. Sure. Are we going like in order as far as the episodes? Or are we sorry. doing a little so, bit more free 
form is how we're talking about. So yeah, so what I what I what we typically do because it's because we are doing a full season review is that Mm -hmm. we like to talk kind of like broad themes and then kind of focus on character arcs rather than episode by episode recaps because you know ten episodes we don't want to have to give five minutes per episode, (laughs) you know. So you know yeah let's let's start with I mean let's start with the big guy let's start with the uh one new entrant for season three uh i don't know if you guys watch supernatural but the beloved uh, star of supernatural jensen ackles um who it came is the beloved in. star of uh smallville first that's the one i watched yeah. i mean he i you know we we don't like to talk about the fact that he was a uh, a college person that was uh dating a high schooler we don't <laughs> yeah things don't age too well sometimes no you know, but um he was clearly the the yes. coach yes he was the coach of the football team and uh he was yes uh, i i do remember him from smallville as well i'm I'm, do, I'm actually doing a smallville rewatch right now so that's okay that's kind of fun i'm just just maybe like one one episode a week though so it's interesting there. because um uh michael rosenbaum and um and tom wyland uh, yeah t- t- well, Tom. they they started a new podcast yep based off of michael rosenbaum's inside of me podcast and they're also doing rewatches i've seen a couple minutes but i, I do plan yeah. on watching i love smallville well, that's, that no that's what prompt that's actually that's actually what prompted the rewatch hmm. so that i can uh i can follow the podcast but we're brothers that, being but, on the second wave, like, but no but no yeah. free ads here on oh, <laughs> right. oh that's gonna be beeps <laughs> No, we did, we actually didn't say what the name of the podcast is. So, oh, okay, you know, right. we, you know, so uh, you know, you have to stay tuned in order to find. It's our money, and then we could talk. <laughs> right, but um, but yeah, so Jensen Jensen Ackles, a soldier boy, very clear Captain America analog. Mm. Um, he all of the jokes that we that we see on the timeline about uh about what if Captain America was was awoken to in the present day, uh, yeah. get to be played out in, in Soldier Boy. And uh, he did not disappoint. He was, uh, no. he was all, all of the racism, all of the yeah. sexism. <laughs> he was definitely horrible, but like in a dark, funny way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean- She was great and, at that. Yeah, the, 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 the dark humor, you know, is, is, is very choice. Like, and one thing that I guess was a little bit different is that, you know, unlike uh, Steve who goes in, in, you know, in the 1940s, you know, he was still, he's still kicking around until the seventies. So yeah. he, so I love that. I love when he was on, like, was it solid gold? Is that, was that what the, sh- the show that he was on? You know, yeah. he's like, you know, so he, so no, he, he was singing. Singing. It, was, it sounded like a rap though. What was but the one where he was that's doing just like his that? delivery. Okay. But he yeah. was, he, no, he was, it was, no, because it wasn't it, um, um, what's her name? Was it, yeah, I think it was, um, it, that's the rap part of that song of, yeah. um, oh. the white, no, man, Blondie. Yeah, it was a Blondie song. Yeah. It was, it was very interesting. Um, I, I have never seen Supernatural, so I didn't really know what his character was like in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked was, was it, were they similar or were they like completely different? I heard maybe he was like very brooding. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I've also never seen a full episode of Supernatural, but I've seen enough clips of him and I've seen reactions to him to know that he's got that sort of, you know, brooding hero vibe that, you know, I, I remember when the casting was announced, everyone was like, he's, he's, he's going to knock this, you know, knock this out of the park. And I think he did. 
you know. I don't and, think there's a lot of supernatural like little Easter eggs. Well, Eric Kripke, the, the showrunner for The Boys, was the showrunner for Supernatural. Okay. Yes. And then there are some characters. Um, the Dakota Bob was also a character in uh, Supernatural. The guy that's running for president. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, was also the actor was in uh supernatural. Was in supernatural. I mean, I assume over 15 years, a lot of these uh people in the Kripke uh orbit yeah. uh found their way uh onto the boys. Um, but yeah, like what did you guys think of you know we can talk about the reveal? We're a spoiler podcast, but before yeah. we got to the reveal, uh what did you think about the kind of collision course that the show seemed to be setting up between Soldier Boy and Homelander, who was of course the uh 2.0 version of of soldier boy that allowed for for the government to you know send him off out the pasture if you will i think i think this season did a really good job of expanding on the idea that was established last season with characters like stormfront and what i mean by that is they basically using these characters who age um so differently than us to kind of trace back in time of just how villainous this company has been for the past 60 80 years of its of of its existence and i thought that using soldier boy as sort of a vehicle for understanding like hey you know this company was involved in you know everything even back to pumping in drugs into black communities and and mm. you know this the way that they use these heroes and tra been trying to get them into the military for so long um and then you know the expanding the, the backstory of grace mallory who i know we're not talking about right now but just seeing like hey she was there mm -hmm. and she saw how inept these these heroes were in live fire situations and Stan Edgar being, you know, given this liaison position back in that time. And he's younger, of course. And then ultimately, you know, I know that we're not talking about him either, but uh, right now, but Black Noir and his mm -hmm. story, which was, you know, outstanding. But to to, to focus more on mm -hmm. Soldier Boy. Between him and um, that 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 collision course, that's the perfect word for it. Because you have you have the guy of yesteryear versus the guy of now. It very much touched on the the themes of fathers and sons and and different time frames in the old way versus the new mm -hmm. way versus the new way being actually the old. It was it was yeah. a beautiful beautiful dance. Yeah, one thing that kind of oh sorry to cut you off. Go, go ahead. <laughs> one thing that kind of came up when you were discussing. Um, you know, the, the parallel is I was thinking about how, you know, in the Marvel and the DC uh, of it all, you know, you have Superman who was kind of created right before um, World War II, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, as almost a reference um, as, as uh, to the, the, the sort of Nazi element of the Superman, the Ubermensch, you know, but he is his his um, his tagline is he's the man of tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have also around a little bit later, a little bit later, Captain America, who's also kind of an interrogation of the Ubermensch, um, you know, and these are kind of two halves of the whole, but with Superman, him being supposedly the future, 
and Captain America's the man out of time, the nostalgia, the America as it should be, you know, and the, the juxtaposition of these still two of the same core con um, concepts, this of same the same core concept that still comes from kind of like a nat Nazi ideology of a master race of a you know a perfect man and and the the positioning of Vought as a Nazi company, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and to the extent that you know Hydra in Marvel is is supposed yeah. to be you know Hydra science is what also created the super soldier serum, you know that this in this interweaving of the of the master race of the um you know this this very uh eugenicist notion creating the superhero and what the ramifications of that would be generationally if there was a company that was actually able to create super superheroes in uh in uh, in preservation of this ideal you know, with Stormfront, it's pretty laid right bare for you because she is, you know, a Nazi that was able to, um, you know, persist. But, you know, in both Soldier Boy and in Homelander, there's just kind of like one standard deviation away, one generation away. And they, and I don't, and I think that both of them don't like the mirror that they present to each other. Yeah, I think that's definitely, um, when we get into, I guess, the climax of their story together, of the, the biggest issue um, for Soldier Boy, where it's like, I mean, essentially, as we know, he rejects him. He ends up rejecting yeah. him. Because at first it's like, oh, that's my son. Like, I yeah, can't go yeah. against my son. I would do anything for him. But then when he sees him, like, being emotional, pleading but I for think him to join him. But that's what I'm saying. I think he rejects him because he sees himself like he sees the part of he sees the part of himself that he was trying so hard to not be you know and that's what I mean because he's seeing like what my father rejected from me I see that in you and because I hate myself essentially that's the whole reason why you know I'm a super person now because I was like oh to get my father's love I'm gonna do this and then he still didn't love me because he said I cheated right and then I see you and I just see myself and I hate myself and that's and that's what they say. Um, Homelander said something. I'm just like you, and he's like, "Yeah, I know." And like, right. he and he and he can't stand it. Him. Yeah, because I think that you know, it, like he was someone who got the powers later, so mm-hmm. you know he. I'm I would imagine that you know if his if his father was saying that he cheated, you know he 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 didn't get to wherever he was supposed to get uh, through what was inside of him. In Homelander, you have someone that actually was this way for his entire life. And for him to still at his core be kind of emotionally weak and still kind of crave, um, you know, approval from his from his father, um, you know, I think it, yeah, it, it, it obviously uh, disgusted, <laughs> it obviously disgusted um, uh, Soldier Boy um, because he didn't want that. He wanted someone that he could be proud of. He wanted someone that he could say, good, the weak part of me, you know, came out in the next generation. And this is, uh, you know, I, I, I amounted to something um, mm-hmm. by, by this, this next person uh, following in my footsteps. You and know, it I, really goes to mm-hmm. speak back to their uh, parallels, right? Because mm-hmm. when you, when we start to, when we start to discuss Homelander more specifically in his psychosis, 
when he's talking to himself in his Green Goblin moment, (laughs) it's really about how we're going to remove this weakness from you. We're going to pull it out of you. We're going to pull that humanity and you're going to be as you're meant to be this, this perfect man of tomorrow without the weaknesses that soldier boy was able to recognize instantaneously Mm -hmm. in his son. And he's thinking like, okay, they, you know, he said, I beat my meat into a cup and and there you go. (laughs) Like he's, he's assuming that this iteration to everyone's point here has without those emotional weaknesses or those emotional needs, you're a God. What do you have need for? And to see that you are indeed a God, yet you still have these, what I feel like are superfluous needs and inclinations of humanity. But but the weirdest part is that, you know, we, we know from the previous seasons of, uh, of the boys that it's not humanity that, um, is, is, um, is Homelander's weakness. It's, it's insecurity. Mm. You know, it's, 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 it's the fact that he needs people to adore him. He needs people to love him and not love him in an, in a, in an unconditional and in a, um, sorry, not, not love him in a nurturing and in a, and in a way that that's challenging as an adult man should be loved. He, he wants to be loved, like worshiped, you know, he wants, he, he, and, and he needs people to sort of cater to him and bow to him. And that's not, that's not what, that's not human per se. You know, that's, that's, that's what, that's a distortion of, of humanity. He's still a sociopath, right? Like he's, well, he's and I'm also he got rid of that. The next, well, so I'm saying I'm scared for the next season because after, at the end, he burns some man's head off and then still gets applause. He was like, he did it. It was my snap reaction. He's like, oh shit. And then they start cheering. He's like, right. wait, what? what? And now, and now he has the son, you know, that he yeah. can, that he can, that who, who I think is probably going to look at him the way that he wants to be looked at. You know, he's. Gloves are definitely off for him. It's kind of, it's very frightening. He's yeah, so let's. Let's get it. Yeah, we we should, you know, it's a great time to transition into Homelander. You know, we've, we've had three seasons with him. um, And I think that this by far is the um, kind of deepest interrogation of his character. Like you said, we got the green goblin moment. Hmm. You know, we, we have the dynamic, you know, he's, he's now in the middle generation, right? You know, he's got his father and now he, and he also is a father. And, you know, in, in those two dynamics, you can perhaps see uh him trying to kind of correct what he feels like the the lacking what was lacking in his life you know not having just not having a father figure not having an adult to guide him and now i think he's going to try to make a better him uh, through ryan yeah i agree um i'm um I have always been intrigued by Homelander. I think in the first season and then maybe a good portion of the second season, it was just basically pure like hate and like disgust at the type of character he is. But as they kind of delved a little bit deeper into him and he started to like fall into his psychosis, Mm -hmm. um, just watching him unravel, I find him one of the most interesting characters on the show. And like the, the guy who plays him, the actor who plays Anthony him, Stark. I think is just mm-hmm. masterful Outstanding. at it. I For sure. Like perfect casting, you know, some blonde hair, blue eyed, airy and perfect God to, you know, 
exemplify, you know, the United States and that whole American um, exceptionalism, mm -hmm. right? Um, without really thinking about anyone else in the world or what they're doing or how our accomplishments or the things that we fail at stack up to everyone else. It's like, no, that doesn't matter. We're America, we're the best. Um, and I'm perfect. And how dare you challenge me or try to chastise me? I'm not sorry for, for loving a Nazi, you know? <laughs> I understood her, she understood me. I just didn't happen to know that little bit of Nazi stuff, <laughs> but like, that's not my fault. Don't blame me. Right. And just. So I think in earlier seasons, I thought of him as much more of a of a petulant child. Mm. You know, I mean, he had that that whole thing with the milk. Um, I can't remember the, the character's name. Uh, you know, still well, still well, uh, still yeah. well. You know, where where it, it really felt like you know he was craving kind of like a maternal figure um, mm -hmm. in those seasons, and you know his he would have tantrums. Really, you know, that's kind of how I saw him early on and then and then in the second season he has the it's it's almost like we're watching him grow up even though he's a grown man you know like you know he was he was a, a child slash teenager um you know in in the early in the first season in the second season he's kind of like coming to his own little bit he's actually finds a girl that he likes and he you know kind of is tempted to go down one road and now um you know that it, relationship ended the way that it did and now he's fine now he believes that he's a man you know he he has a child and he's going to you know now that he's been rejected by his father um he's going to be the father that he wanted you know um the other the other thing the other piece that we should probably mention is that uh edgar you know kind of gives him a read on the way out the door well he um, does and that was the first <laughs> Paternal, paternal figure of rejection. He was rejected by two fathers in one season. Yes. I mean, he's not right up there. John Carlo Esposito can read my life today. I thought and he was going to kill him. You. I was surprised he didn't blast through him. I mean, yes. the power that he had over him mentally. Yeah, I wasn't prepared for that because I was convinced that uh, John Carlo was going to, um, sorry, um, Stan Edgar. Um, mm -hmm. was going to have something over him, um, over Homelander, and that that's what was going to keep him alive. I just didn't realize that all he was going to have over him was the ability to incisively read him for filth. <laughs> and, and he would be oh, so dumbfounded that he... That's, that he that's a strong hold. He had a very strong psychological and emotional hold, um, which overwrote, you know, Homelander's spontaneity and like devil may care attitude because he often does things where he just acts in the moment and then afterwards it's like why would you do that you've made it so much harder for us now we got to clean this up mm -hmm. um and it's not that he held himself back knowing that if he killed San Edgar people would have questions now like what the fuck happened I thought you guys <laughs> were just firing him we haven't seen him he's dead now who did that he wasn't even thinking about that he was just he was just dumbfounded by well, the little fact boy that he, being chastised by his dad telling him i don't daddy doesn't love you and no matter what you do i never will and he here's 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 my theory about why homelander will never kill stan edgar and a lot of times with people close to homelander if we've observed between season one and season two season three he kills people close to them when he feels like they've lied to him. Arbitrate him, yeah. 
Madeline Stilwell didn't tell him about Ryan and uh, uh, Butcher's wife being alive. He saw her now as somebody who wasn't in his corner and a weakness because Butcher was standing there with a bomb trying to get him through mm-hmm. Stillwell. So her her uselessness became, you know, he couldn't ignore she, it. She couldn't, couldn't ignore, ignore it. Killed her. Blew her blew her head straight off. Whatever with the eye beams. Black Noir. Yeah. lied to him didn't tell him that he actually had a father after mm-hmm. knowing that that was his one wish because they were that's his best friend mm-hmm. yeah, and he yeah. said i can't take the fact that you've lied to me all this time punched through his chest stan edgar has maintained that I'm homelander saying. you are a bitch and i do not fuck with you yeah, every yeah. single time mm-hmm. homelander wants to beat him He'll never kill him until he feels like he's bested him because now he's the CEO of thought. He own, he runs the company. He does all these things and he's trying to do it better than Stan Edgar did. He got Stan Edgar removed yeah, so that he could try to beat him. And Stan Edgar knows that you don't want to kill me. You want to beat me. So I'm going to read you the filth on my way out. And I'm going to do my little machinations in the, in the background yeah. so I can come back to power at some point because you're going to fuck it up. Right. And he yeah. told him that. Yeah. And, 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 and Homelander cannot bring himself to, to kill him because Stan Edgar never lied to him. I feel like yeah. that's really the start of his spiral, too, because he was so confident leading up to that. And he's like, yeah, I, you thought I didn't know, but I actually was putting some things in motion to get you out of here. And then <laughs> after that read and then him seeing what the responsibilities are, that's when you start to see him spiral down. It's yeah. like, damn, you don't even know the intricacies of like, what do we need to say to our shareholders? And you know, what do we have to, you know, consider in regards to the stock market and like just and then appointing people like uh the deep exactly. <laughs> I mean, but it, other people. Right. But it just goes to show that, you know, just because you're just because you you can play the game on one level doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you can play them on all the levels. And you know, he's a good superhero yeah. in a way, right? But he's He's not good at running a company. I don't know why he thought that he would be. You know, he was in over his head. He wasn't, he he put uh, sycophants in charge. And, you know, everything that Edgar said was going to happen, you know, essentially came to pass. And he's, I mean, again, this is where the, the, the parallel comes, you know, sort of perfectly into play with what we experienced for four years, uh, you know, in this country yeah. is, uh, you know, someone gets into power realizes that they're in over their head and instead of kind of taking a step back um decides no i'm gonna double and triple down on 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 continuing to surround myself with people who are going to enable me rather than admit that i i shouldn't have the position and the power that i have you know i don't know if you guys have either one of you ever seen any episodes uh well you'd have to see a significant amount of um of scandal I have not seen we, we, we watched Scandal. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, okay. we did a little bit. I didn't know if you're paying attention, <laughs> but the way, and even if you don't watch the show, you should look up um, Papa Pope. So um, Olivia Pope's mm-hmm. father, his reads. Oh, well, I mean, he's, I mean, you know, right. We are a boy. Yeah. I am a man. Yeah, his name, the actor's name escapes me right now, but I mean, he's a, he's a legend. He's <laughs> he's, yeah. yeah. 
I can't yeah. think of his name either. Those soliloquies that he gives. He's been doing just, it for 40 years. I mean, exactly. that's literally what Stan Edgar yeah. did to Homelander. You, despite you being a superhero, you are a boy and mm-hmm. I am a man. And you want to be like me. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes when you read someone that thoroughly, even someone who's prone to uh, epic bouts of violence are is so taken aback by mm-hmm. by how right you are that they can't let you you know that they can't let that be the last word that you have <laughs> you know the, the all it's gonna all it's going to do is resonate with them you know long past long past you he he like you said he needs to have stan uh either recant those words or you know prove stan wrong before he can feel comfortable killing him because stan is the think- most powerful person on the show i honestly think if he dies, especially by somebody else's hand, maybe even by Homelanders, he'll he'll mourn him. I think he will seriously mourn him. I mean, I think this is a good time to transition into what we thought was going to be Stan's, um, you know, secret weapon, mm. and that would be um, Victoria. Victoria, aka Nadia, right? Isn't her? Yeah. Ah, um, uh, yes. <laughs> he regretted calling her her name. Very cool. Uh, we, you know, she was revealed in, in last season as the uh, head popper. Um, we, we've seen her power. We've seen, you know, she's continuing to rise to power. But now, you know, this is the unholy alliance between her and Homelander, which yeah. I, I can't imagine is going to completely last. But at least, you know, um, Homelander got the upper hand on her for a little bit. And, you know, she's had to play ball. She also got the compound V for her daughter which you know that's a that's a checkoff's gun if there ever was one we have to find out what happens with regard to her power what do you think i mean oh one, and one more thing i you know when i when i was watching it definitely work wife right definitely uh huey's work wife you know most definitely yes they were connected at the hip and that's why you know she knew immediately essentially that he knew who she was when uh when she confronted uh starlight exactly um because it's like how do we go from eating each other's sandwiches to now right. you're oh now you don't want to tell yeah right you don't want to talk to me now mm-hmm. you, it's it's pretty it was pretty obvious that uh that their dynamic had been changed and you know she took it fairly well i mean for some reason i'm still sympathetic to her despite the fact that she's done all that murdering um this show does that really well because when Homelander killed Black Noir and when he was going through his um, his crisis thinking about <clears throat> Soldier Boy being back, I felt really bad for him. But then I had to remember, he's a really shitty person. He did a lot of really messed up things. I'm like, why do I care about his feelings? Well, it was honestly, I mean, we may, let's, let's go there. We, we, we've never known what his feelings were until this season. You know, he's he's just been this silent, you know, this silent instru- instrument of death and destruction. And, you know, now, first of all, we found out he's black, you know, so immediately, you know, a little bit of sympathy. <laughs> um, you know, yes, that's fair. there is that's the kid. Um, <laughs> right. But then also, you know, just, you know, seeing that that um, I guess he got his throat ripped out by by Soldier Boy. No, um, his head like. Remember, because his head almost half his brain laps. is like gone. Yeah, he's okay. trying to like grab at it in that seat of yeah. his yeah. like trying to scoop it back he's, up. He's got he's basically like a six year old now. I don't um, know about just, that. I just think he doesn't have the ability to talk. 
Well, he he can't talk, but he also doesn't like he lost parts of his brain that make him like more simple. Like when you see the way he acts with context of his injuries and how he used to be, he's very much like, okay, A happened, so now I got to do this B. Like he finds yeah. out Soldier Boy is back. He's like, up. Oh. Yeah, that's cuts a good out, point. Cuts out his tracking yeah. chip and, and, and runs and gets but low. He goes to high. I don't think that is indicative of him regressing as far as mental capacity from being like the mental capacity of a man to a okay. boy, because for him to even have like, um, what was the cartoon show for the boys? Oh, diabolical. You're right. Diabolical. Yeah, I mean, when they I, showed I how him would, and yeah. Homelander became friends, yeah. basically, he was calculating That's enough true. to know if I want to survive, I need mm-hmm. to get on his team and show him I can help you get the adoration that you're looking for. Yeah. Because you're, you're not right. playing smart. I can yeah. show you how to play this smart. You're so, right. so this is great because I have not watched Diabolical. Um, I was not aware that this was uh, required reading. Um, I will need so to. The only one you would have to watch that I think would add to context of Homelander and Black Noir's relationship would be the season finale, the last episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it they, talks about a, a teenage Homelander, basically right. they intru- his introduction. Just like Homelander's first debut. mission, mm-hmm. kind of. Okay. And Black Noir was sent to accompany him and this crazy thing happened and you really see the genesis of their relationship Mm -hmm. i feel like if you went back and watched just that episode the home homelander's murder of black noir would be infinitely weightier and you would understand more from the look on homelander's face like this is my best friend in the mm. world. Yeah, I can see because I didn't. I, I honestly didn't really feel it. Um, you know, in previous seasons, I mean, I felt like he talked about him like he was his friend, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel that. Truly. In previous seasons, it was more like a respect. You're the one I yeah. respect out of right. all these other kids. You know what I mean? Like exactly. But in season three. And with Diabolical, you see that they do have like a genuine. I think I, I think Homelander is Black Noir's best friend. Uh, I think he looks at him yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, see, but he loved him. Yeah. That's and he wanted to help him defeat Soldier Boy. Uh, but he was also very afraid of Soldier Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got a chance to peek into Black Noir psychosis as far as the, the brilliant way that they perform that with the, 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 the cartoon cartoons, characters yeah. and them having their own like stutters. And these are all different parts of Black Noir representative of his whole team. And just the way I thought that they did that was just beautiful. It was just, it was perfect the way I, that they did. I think it's, I think it really means something. The fact that Black Noir hated soldier boy and was afraid of him so much but loved his son Mm. like to like they were and i thought that it was interesting that he didn't have the fear of going back to confront homelander um that he should have because it's like you know him you know he's petty you know that he took he took finding out that black noir was gone so hard that was like another knock to his psychosis. He was already smiling. Then they were like, yeah, Black Noir is gone. He was like, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do that to me. And yeah. yeah. So, he was so yeah, little, that's 
and that's afraid. a knock on me. That's a knock on me for not Watch watching it. Diabolical. Uh, the whole no. anthology is really good. Yeah. Um, also still very violent and gory. Um, but yeah, that particular episode, it was there's there's another one that I think would be a little bit semi-important for this season when it comes to like um Nadia and her where like she's coming from but it's not nearly as I wasn't impactful. even thinking about that one there's one that I think sets up as the pre- the precursor to V uh V24 oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I think that one's okay. that, yeah. so there's basically three episodes I wish I could tell you <laughs> just so, watch the whole thing but I think yes, it's listeners uh, along with me uh you know we all have homework um yes. We, but we, you know what? Required reading. We, this, it's so funny that we're this far into the episode and we have to talk about the actual boys. <laughs> we, have do, right. we have talked about none of them. So we will, we will start off with our, our buddy, uh, Butcher, uh, Billy Butcher, uh, who was definitely on his mission. Uh, mm. We know he took his compound V, got kind of hooked on that, got the same powers as as homelander you know what does that say you know uh, the freud what's the freudian side of that um you know he he i you know at times it seemed like he was going to form an alliance with homelander then of course he had his alliance with soldier boy um you know he's been a we we also see of course uh his dynamic his brother older brother dynamic um, with Huey, as well as some flashbacks to the ways that he failed his actual brother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think this this season did a good job of kind of deep diving into uh, Butcher's motivations. How did you guys feel about that? I thought, so to kind of piggyback off of what you said, I was, I thought it was so interesting, just kind of like the dynamic, the conversation. I want to say conversations, but mainly that one conversation that Butcher and Homelander had when he just like showed up at his apartment yeah. and they just sat down at his kitchen table and was just like, there was strangely like a respect there. It's like, mm-hmm. I hate your, I hate your fucking guts, but I understand you. And I feel as though we are from the same tribe. And that's, you know, when they were talking about mm-hmm. scorched earth, like, we essentially want the same thing, but maybe on different sides. Like yeah. it's two, two sides yeah. of the same coin. You know what it reminds? Uh, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of how I, I can't remember which movies I've seen this, where there'll be two generals from two uh, countries that are at war, mm-hmm. and they're basically the same person, but True. they're presidents. What? What do you say? But but their presidents are trying to make peace. But they, but they don't want peace because they're because they want to make war on each other, you know. It, you know what I mean? Like they because they're they're because they they're both brought in to do the same thing. Peace doesn't work for them, you know. Yeah, they're, they're agents of war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the analogy that I would use would be Troy. Like it's not the exact thing, right? Because their president, because their presidents wanted peace. war too, yeah. but. I'm speaking of in a sense of they understood each other as warriors. They understood each other as warriors. They had a respect for each other as as opposing forces. And, you know, Hector and Achilles and Troy were basically the other side of the proverbial coin to Billy Butcher and Homelander in this season of The Boys, because 
I think we would both agree. You've seen Troy just as many times as I have. You're welcome. Um, we both agree that Achilles and Hector were both decent men for, for the most part. Mm. I think I think it's a good I think it's a, so the 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 reason why I think that's a good analogy and just to kind of get back focused on Homelander but specifically Billy Butcher um they are both narcissists yeah they're yeah. both very malignant they're the other side the of way that. that they treat their teammates all of their teammates except for maybe Huey but still Huey he might get a little bit of affection because you remind me of my brother but all of the teammates you are pawns in my machinations to get what I want and even if I know it will hurt you harm you physically mentally emotionally I will use you which is where you start to see in this mm-hmm. season the boys are starting to look at him and be like I knew you were a bastard but like for real this much no Billy Butcher is clearly the villain of this yeah. show and he's, that's he's why clearly the him getting the same powers of, as Homelander, except for the flying although who knows maybe he just didn't try mm-hmm. maybe that's it was just like that's interesting. You guys are very similar. Yeah. You guys both yeah. have this weird relationship with your fathers or, mm-hmm. um, well, fathers, father figures, or and then having the lack thereof. You've got this weird relationship with power and almost adoration. Because I feel like Bully, he still needs people to in a way adore him i think he likes when they look at him like you're insane you go over the top i think he finds it funny um and enjoys that shock and now we're also starting to see homelander enjoying that shock and not really wanting to pretend like he's you know this very moral person i mean you see how he says you know i don't care i'm perfect you guys can't chastise me for these things i'm gonna stop apologizing then he goes to save a girl from jumping off a building and then he's like f that jump there's only one way (laughs) you're getting off this roof and it's either you jump or i drop you and that was such a classic i I mean uh, there's like a classic superman story where you know that's that's how you see sort of superman's heroism that he can talk a girl out of killing herself you know, uh, I can't remember who wrote it. It's a, you know. I mean, but... technically, he did talk her out of killing herself because <laughs> she didn't want to, and he was like, "No, nah, you're gonna, you're gonna finish this." Right. When then, of course, right. In 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 that in that situation, you see you see the villainous inversion of that, where you know he 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 didn't mean to talk her out of it, and now that he's talked her out of it, he's you know he's like, nope, nope. This now you got to kill yourself. Um, but no, I, what I was thinking about is. The, the even though Homelander and Bill Butch and Butcher are are different sides of the same coin, you see Bill, you see Butcher's origin story, and it's so different from Homelander's origin story. You know, you see that um, you know he did have it rough. You know, he did have a, a hard father that was trying to like beat strength into him. You know, and and he and he does you know, low with his father, <laughs> you know, he does, like, he's still in that same place, even though he has, um, you know, even though he has a father, even though in a way, um, you know, with Ryan, he had a son, but he is, he couldn't, he couldn't be anything but toxic. He doesn't know how to be anything but to- toxic. And maybe one thing that makes him different from Homelander is that he's self-aware enough to know how toxic he is. 
and that he's self-aware enough to not want to have that toxicity affect the people around him. Yeah, I think one of the most profound scenes and Carl Urban acted the fuck out of his ass this season. But one of the most profound scenes was when Starlight called him and told him Mm -hmm. the effects of V24. And Starlight's thing was, you need to tell Huey. Right. You know, and of course he made the decision to keep that away from him because he needed he needed Huey to do this with him, to go down this path of self-destruction. And he made a selfish choice. And there was that single tear that came down Carl Urban's cheek. He was he cried. Well, I feel like he made the selfish choice not to tell him, but then when they were supposed to take the next right, dose, when push came to show left him. He, well, yeah, right. at the time, we didn't know that he was going to do that. It, right. it seemed as though at the time he was he had chosen his mission mm-hmm. above everything else. And I think that's why Homelander and Butcher are essentially brothers, because their mission is all that matters to them. And when you talk about collateral damage, what is the cost? That's their that's their linking. Yeah. That's why right, they but I think butchers. but I do think that the one difference is that Bill's Bill has had that collateral cost that he feels, you know, mm-hmm. in losing his brother. You know, yeah. he has someone that that he does feel pain about having lost. And that's the thing that allowed him to, you know, even it, though he did it in the dick, most dickish way possible, um, you know, um, p- push, um, push Huey off of that path, you mm-hmm. know, in a way that I don't know that Homelander would have, you know. I think that's where we see the deviation in as far as his personality I, I know he's still like complete shit in the comic yeah. books but i think from what i've heard is he is even yeah. more irredeemable in the comic books where mm. they're just like full stop he has no moral compass he really is selfish and malignantly narcissistic um but in the show you okay. see glimmers of the humanity where it's like okay this is this is a redeemable quality. Yeah. I can forgive a little bit or at least feel empathy for you because you've shown me this bit of humanity in you. Whereas I think that people had said in the comic book, there is none of well, that. Well, and that's why that's why ultimately the show is better. Because the character is so so much more compelling, mm-hmm. it's so much more layered and nuanced. You have this, you have this perfect visual facial acting that Carl Urban and, and Anthony Starr so well. are, are so good at. They're, when I'm speaking of Carl Urban specifically right now, but he's just so damaged. He is just so, he's in so much pain all the time. Mm-hmm. And he puts bravado over it. He puts, you know, his narcissism over it. He put, he, he's, he's just as much sometimes of a child as homeland yeah i mean i could see that um also i think that i think you make a good point in the sense that we have these other characters in the boys that we that we do have more sympathy for and i think that on a certain level if it would start to grade on on us if they were just too forgiving of this guy who's completely irredeemable you know you have a like i want to transition into mother's milk 
mm -hmm. know, who's one of the more kind of, you know, morally uh, grounded characters on the show. They're they're boys, right? They're 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 the the partners in crime, and um, we 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 feel for him. We feel for Mother's Milk in how deep the betrayal is um, with respect to to Butcher, and yet they're still they still end up on the same side by the end. You know, they're still obviously there. There's a a cleave between them. There's a schism between them, but you know he sees something in them. He doesn't necessarily see it to the same extent that Huey does because they're, they're, they're closer to equals, but he, he still sees enough in Butcher to want to still be on his side. And I think we, I think he has to have, um, he has to have some kind of redemptive uh, potential so that we can understand why the people that we like still kind of mess with Bill on any level. Yeah, I I can see that in the way that that you've put it. For me, when I was watching the um, just as as the season was progressing, uh, the way that I took it really was that the, there is love lost there. Like I I don't have love for you anymore. I barely I, actually I don't respect you, especially now that I know you're taking the V twenty four. You have the way that you treated Kimiko when she got basically a nuclear blast mm -hmm. um that took away her powers and so she almost died the way you treated that it was as if it was nothing you know I always knew you were kind of a bastard before but now I know like the way that you treat these people you could treat me this way which we come to see like you know how I feel about um soldier boy right you you are treating me this way I don't have any love for you but I do recognize that you are effective and for us to reach our goals that we had together, but also my personal goals, I still need you. Hmm, okay. So I'll work with you, but I hate you and I'll let you know it. Um, and I really don't care that you have brain tumors now and you only have so long to live. You're a bastard and you deserve it. Yeah. But I need you. <laughs> Yeah, Mother's Milk is his his arc this season was awesome in the sense that we see what his mission is, right? He's a like lot more vulnerable. He he's he's very vulnerable. He's he feels closer than ever to completing his mission, his revenge, to, to avenge his family. He's got Soldier Boy right there, and then to 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 accept the betrayal which really which really would have how he felt it was of billy to then work with soldier boy and clearly indecisively prioritize his mission and his feelings over that of his of his team and the wellness of the team with the comp or with the v24 i think i agree with with you babe because like mother's milk is drawing a line in the sand mm -hmm. at this point but he's only walking over it and cooperative because of Butcher's effectiveness and because of the fact that they probably do need to take the V24, but Mother's Milk isn't willing to do it, but Billy is. Yeah. yeah. I think the more, the more compelling part of his story this season was his relationship with his ex-wife, his daughter, and the man that is now, I guess, the stepfather, the stepfather yeah. his wife's new husband. And 
that man's relationship with Homelander um, and like seeing but, I, the, go ahead. but one thing that one thing that I will point out just kind of as a slight pushback is mm-hmm. that I think that you know Mother's Milk is a, we we love him you know he's he's got a moral moral core that we you know in a show full of people who don't who lack them you know we we appreciate it but I don't think he sees himself that way I think he sees himself as much more like Butcher you know and I I mean obviously he's seen how far Butcher how much further Bush, Butcher went in this season but I still think that on his worst days he you know when he when he thinks about you know his 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 child and how you know he 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 feels ashamed of of uh showing you know showing his violent side i think i think in his mind he thinks that he's capable of becoming like butcher and and i think that i don't think he sees that kind of core of of how deep revenge can take him uh, so, sorry, of, of where his limits of where revenge can take him. I think he sees that this, that how far, how much of a bastard Butcher was in, in the name of revenge. And I think that at, for a time, that hate brought them together. They're both their goals of wanting to, uh, you know, get their revenge on the respective soups that had harmed them was something, was a, was a, a piece of affinity. Butcher took it so much further but because he was willing to ride with him for so long, um, so closely, mm. he's ashamed of that. He 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 can't he can't really play holier than now. He can't really you know stand in his mind on a moral high ground and judge Butcher, except with respect to the betrayal, except with re- respect to what happened most recently. But in but on his on his darker days, he he sees I think he sees Butcher in himself. And I think that's why he's okay with, you know, not, um, you know, fighting as hard for his family as, as you know, perhaps uh, he, he might have. Um, well, his family's to. already lost. She's she's gotten remarried. Right, right. I think between season two and three is where that kind of she said, you know, I, I never want to see you again, kind of, and and then the baby is older now. Now she's completely remarried to a guy who I think one of the antagonists of mother's milk's like kind of side story is the influence that a, a person like homelander could have on the stepfather therefore trickling down to janine mm. that was a very real fear for mother's mm-hmm. milk throughout the season that you know this person is so easily influenced by this you know irredeemable figure in homelander and this person is raising my daughter. Right. And I feel no, like- I agree with that part. I think that that part, I think that's the part that sort of keeps him, keep, keeps him from falling into self-loathing. Yeah. You know, that, that because Todd, I think his name is, because yeah. Todd is such a potentially pernicious influence on, on his, his daughter because of uh, his, his affinity for Homelander, he feels that he, he can still be uh, he can still be a father. He can still protect his daughter, but I think that absent the Todd factor, I think he doesn't feel worthy of of being kind of a role model, of being yeah. someone that is that his daughter might you know might otherwise look up to. You know, it's really just that. His, 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 yeah. His, yeah, I think um, 
the the biggest rift you know just thinking about it now between mother's milk and butcher really is that their bond besides the the compound v uh, or the v24 was tested um in the in the way that we were brought together because we hate soups because of what they've done to us right so soldier boy killed a lot of members of my family you have what homelander did to butcher but on on mother's milk and he really couldn't get his revenge because as far as everybody knew soldier, soldier boy, boy was, was dead, dead. so right. i can't get my revenge specifically but i can help you get your revenge and i also understand that we just don't need to have soups they are they have this unchecked power um they say they put stuff in place to check them but anything they do out of line it gets covered up and they have no consequences but then when we find out when we're trying to look for this weapon that kills soldier boy to kill homelander that i mean the weapon is soldier boy that he's alive and then to see butcher totally disregard my revenge in service to his it's like wait i thought we were working together and now that we found out that we are not just going to focus on you that we can focus on me because here's the person that i want to get and you say no f that homelander is who can we need to get i'm not really worried about that we'll worry about that later it's like so you have no respect for me yeah, yeah it wasn't mutual not it wasn't, right it, they weren't they weren't they thought they were 50 50 partners mm -hmm. and it turned out that he was his sidekick yep. <laughs> he was butcher's sidekick they weren't partners yeah mm -hmm. and i think that that really was the thing that was just like i mean yeah. yes everybody else and how you treat everybody else and then the v24 but so this is how you act when both of our objects of revenge we find out that they're alive because it was convenient when Soldier Boy was already dead. I didn't really have to contend with your feelings like that because it's a moot point. What are you gonna do? It's done. And now that it's not done, it's like, oh, but my- yeah, You're gonna have to let that go. You're gonna have to wait. In, serv yes. right, in service of the greater mission. Mm -hmm. you know? That's basically what he told me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, but again, I think, I think that there, I do think that up until that point, Mother's Milk was mostly okay with butcher's methods you know and that's why kind of like a necessary evil kind of yeah um well the methods are great when they're working in service of our shared goal but then when now my goal suddenly pops up again and you're not using those methods for me mm -hmm. oh so yeah. i'm just like everybody else to you i actually yeah. don't matter and i but i also and i also think there was kind of a good cop bad cop deal with the two mm. of them where you know like butchers a bastard like to everybody you know and then he can be kind of the reasonable one like they're they're still doing the same things but like butcher is like he's gonna like call everybody out he's gonna like have no respect for anybody's feelings you know like, as far as like the rest of the team is concerned and then kind That's of mother's milk gets to be a little more like sage like and say like hey, you know this is you know maybe we could do things you know like just to be like the more reasonable guy well yeah like, he told him you're the actual leader you're the one that really holds everybody together and keeps them unified in my aims i'm the bastard i'm the one that does all the crazy stuff i get shit done but people are kind of like begrudgingly on my right. side you're the leader that keeps them together keeps you know the morale and stuff like that and and actually makes the plans that they can follow mm -hmm. um and i'm 
I'm the butcher. I'm the one going out there slicing and dicing and, you know, blood and guts and glory. Mm. Right. So now that butcher is, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's not going to uh, die in the first episode of season four. <laughs> like I'm sure, I'm sure even if he's got some, uh, you know, there's an expiration date, um, he's going to be uh, kicking around a little bit. However, we're now going to see the under new management uh, version of the boys. Uh, yeah. They they brought their first soup on board in Starlight. I guess we should talk about uh, Annie January and, and her arc across the season. Uh, what you know first of, uh, before that? What were your thoughts about uh, Starlight kind of in the in the first two seasons? She's actually my least favorite. Interesting. That's so funny. even amongst the villains. That's so funny because there is such a an exploration on within the boys i mean obviously there's so much social commentary but when we talk about annie being our least favorite character because she's honestly mine too she's also the only good one she's also the only one that is like really about doing the right thing and being good and standing up for what she believes in and that's so interesting that like yeah that's all well and good but she's also the least compelling She's oh, also she, so I so she's not my least favorite character. Um, she's definitely the character that I am least. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? impressed by is what I'll say. Mm. You know, she's the character who is most often uh, I worry that she's going to do the wrong thing, but not in a in a in a situation of uh, for the like, you know, she's going to do the wrong thing for the right reasons. Um, in a sense, because she's so naive, because she's mm. so, um, you know, she, she's coming from a place of, she's been this, this pageant girl, you know, she's been not even the trust factor. It's just that, you know, she's, she's, she's starlight, you know, she's supposed to be like this pretty, you know, this, this, this person that's in the forefront to, to be, you know, a, 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 a figure for image, more so than for effectiveness mm -hmm. and, and 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 in that you know she put up obviously you know we you know what happened to her in the first season um you know you know how um there's probably some some optic stuff that we can get into if we had a longer episode with you know the whole like blonde hair you know yeah. uh young girl deal you know but 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 clearly that's that's part of uh part of her story um you know she's she's sympathetic she's the young person she's the the, the person that uh connects with the the she's got TikTok and whatever you know like mm -hmm. um you know well, she's stormfront had TikTok too true true and, and remember storm <laughs> remember stormfront crazy. tried to co stormfront tried to co-opt her as well though remember stormfront like she's the person that's that that we're meant to see all these forces trying to corrupt and yeah. you know over the course of the seasons you know she's taken some you know she's she's taken some shortcuts she's done some regrettable things but for the most part her hands have stayed you know mostly morally clean um i i think that's the thing that you touched upon the naivete that she has the naivety no i don't want to get sure. to naivete <laughs> but no the naivety of her it 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 my gears were grinded by that the whole season and the things that she entrusted to people mm -hmm. in 
confidence. Oh no! She, again, she again, bad bad decisions were being. Made. I was just like, shut <laughs> your mouth. And then her little boyfriend went on to do the same thing, telling telling a train of all people about what they were up to, and it's like a, he all of them have this thing with wanting to be loved and to be recognized and stuff. But A-Train, he may not be, he's, he's not as a deranged, of course, as Homelander um, or the deep, but they all have that thing of, I want to be loved. I want to be, you know, recognized. But then underneath that, it's especially, we want Homelander to recognize me as being capable because now he's the big dog and we can't really challenge him. So why would you tell him about a plot against Homelander, like he wasn't going to run and tell him so he could get some points. But oh, you know what? I mean, look, if we're, if we're, you know, again, we, we talk about the analog, right? We talk about um, like these, these are superheroes. Yes. But they're, they're actors, they're celebrities. They're like, they are what we think when, you know, I don't know if, how um, much uh, work you guys do with creatives in, in, uh, in sort of Hollywood or in that kind of like, uh, you know, people in, in the drama field will say, like, there's there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that insecurity. There's a lot of the backbiting. And, uh, you know, you can't really trust uh, one cast member versus, you know, versus another because they're always angling for who gets to be the favorite, who gets to be the lead. There's there's so much of that in in celebrity culture, in actor culture, and I think that these the, the, these members of this the, the seven um, embody that so well, you know, because you have, um, you know, I would say that that Starlight is the is the she's the the new person, the new the the ingenue, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the new the new actress who's brought in, you know, to to bring in that that following, but she doesn't know how how the game is played, you know, she doesn't know about uh, you know what happens behind the scenes, and she's just constantly playing politics poorly because all you know she doesn't recognize uh or even if she does recognize that certain people are flawed she doesn't recognize what their flaws will make them do yeah she's she's definitely not devious enough no no and i i get how they're supposed to be leading it up to and i think we've seen a lot of different like online commentary about her being the the one the one true a superhero or at least oh. you know, one in the forefront <laughs> like she is actually good she actually wants to help people she actually wants to tell the truth but then it's like you want to go against these people who you're like oh they're bad they're liars they're this and that and and that was part of the theme of the season right you're trying to use these tactics huey was happy to use these good tactics with uh with mm, i'm sorry what was victoria the, with victoria yeah, with i get to do this a different way we were doing a butcher's way i hated it now i get to do it this great way with mm-hmm. with victoria and then so you come to find out that's not the truth exactly. and then starlight she still yeah. wants to do that too i want to take that wanna, well no no remember i want to change the system from the inside i mean how many times have you heard that from somebody you know like it and it's and then they we all came back we it it all comes back to butcher. Yep. All it, roads <laughs> led to the yeah. same. Thing. I mean, in the words of in the words of Thanos, you could not deal with the consequences of your failure. And where did that bring you? <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, and, and 
it was difficult to watch, but I think, I think as far as demographics go, I think she was designed to not be relatable to me, like Hmm. as a black woman. Okay. And then her as this like, you know, almost manic pixie Aryan princess. Mm -hmm. I was just like, fair enough. That's a fair point. I mean, so it just hit me. There are no black female characters on the show, right? Well, they had that one character that was in uh, so briefly, right? Because that they had the hijabi, the Muslim, the Muslim girl, yeah. and the black girl who were on the same game show as mm-hmm. Starlight's ex-boyfriend looking mm-hmm. for a spot. Uh, right. And then we heard what Homelander had to say about their demographic and whether or not they should be allowed on the mm-hmm. seven. So I think that's also, of course, very purposeful. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, for for sure. Um, I, I think the plan is to alleviate that too, though, because they're they have the uh, the spinoff that they've already announced the casting for, and I think the main is that gonna be the one with Black Nubian and uh, no, no, oh. um, Varsity, yeah, or uh, Gen V. Gen V. Oh, yeah. the main yeah. character is a black woman. Yeah. Well, so she this is another thing from well. the boys diabolical. Yeah. They had was his name Black Nubian or just Nubian. Uh, it was Nubian and um, the other Nubia. chick. Nubia. Nubia, Nubia or something, and like something Nubian like that. Prince or something it was like, like that. a black female superhero and a black guy superhero. And they got together. Yeah. I think they briefly mentioned him in the second season. Season one. Season one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't actually seen them. So we know they exist, yeah. but. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. No, because I was wondering, I mean, I would like to believe that this is all intentional in that respect. You know, that, you know, maybe in season four, we'll actually get a Black female hero who will be juxtaposed against uh, Stargirl in in the sense of her naivete versus someone who still has the, the, the same moral center, but, you know, isn't as ineffectual. You know? See, that, I would like it scares see, me though. No, but you know what? I would like to see it, but I can't decide if I want to see the trope of her being a strong black woman who isn't mentally weak and so won't fall for their tricks or their manipulations. And so she's like, yeah, I'm out of this. Like, I'm not getting into this. That's not going to work on me or whatever. Or if it would be well, the subversion of the trope. If it would be more interesting to see her be more calculating and more like the devastation that she could rot upon the earth, because it's like, oh, I've already had to be a black woman, a woman and black and how they treat us, but I have superpowers. Oh, I'm about to get my lick back on a thousand. I will make all of you suffer. I would love to see that. What scares me about what scares me about more prevalent black characters particularly black women is that this universe paints all heroes pretty much as just terrible people and i would rather see that because i know a lot of shows like to pander and be like black women are the just as if in real life black women are the saviors they're the one they're gonna say they're too smart to fall for this and i'm like so you want a black woman villain i want to see because I think it makes us more whole. 
just to well, say that oh they're this holy yeah. that we are this thing that you set up on a pedestal mm -hmm. yeah. we're so good we're the savior like and you should give respect to black women because of that and yes you should i believe that but i also want to show that y'all not a monolith not a monolith and mm -hmm. some so, people are terrible and they could be mm -hmm. the most the worst of the terrible i would love so, to see that okay. so here so here's the thing i too would love to see that however there were two things that that kind of um that make me bristle um oh. one is whenever there's just one that that one person has to be all things to all people right. and and if that's the case if there is only going to be one i'd rather that one be really multifaceted for sure but ultimately good yeah. you know if if we're only going to get one i'd rather that one be you know, tilted towards someone that you like versus someone that you don't like. And I, I think understand the way that. to that's do why it. I have the hesitation yeah. because they tend to, I mean, it's just the nature, I guess, of the beast that it's polarizing, right? Because if you're bad, oh, see, they're all bad. And if you're good, well, I guess you never get you never get the other side if we're good. No, no, no. We're all good. No, no, no. Because if we're you're good, good, then it then it does sort of turn into that trope though. I like think in the that way, the only way that they can do it to satisfy both of you and this is just me spitballing, but to have a character who throughout the season seems irredeemable, but there are small hints and then having them at the end kind of flip the script on everyone and show that they were indeed a, a hero the entire time. So like a double agent. So that you would be able mm -hmm. to get your fill of the calculating, the, you know, the power, the raw, you know. The, that the, would work okay making them look like they're maybe even on homelander side or bad right. but you see the whole season they were doing this to hide what they were doing in the background right. and then at the end that that final betrayal and ultimately you know a more def defeating homelander or you know something like that a more effective maybe version well because he wasn't really trying to be good or do things in the background but almost like a more effective version of black noir like saying oh yeah. maybe she replaces him in the in the esteem of homelander and then we find like oh yeah but in the background like she she betrayed you even worse so i mean it's like and, she and was it, effective in it's that possible for real. but also i don't know if they would feel that there would be some type of redundancy there with queen mave's arc about how she i mm. mean for all intents and purposes, Queen May was at one point Homelander's closest ally. They mm -hmm. they dated, they, you know, and then she ultimately became uh, dis disgusted with him over time of seeing the type of person that he was and just uh, seeing the, the machine that she mm -hmm. was part of and just getting disgusted there. I'm just saying, I just don't know that they would do that in that way or they would have to do it differently as not to retread those tires that okay. they've already tread with queen mave yeah and i guess we should i guess that's a great transition because we should talk <laughs> about queen mave um you know uh not not rest in peace queen mave she actually got out uh you know um but you know she, people think she's dead and she doesn't have her powers anymore but um how did you guys feel about how they resolved her her arc i loved it I loved it. Her most powerful statement was today's one of the top three days of my life because I've seen you scared and she deserved it. She deserved it 
because she also has this thing with her where she's just so self-deprecating and she's just so unhappy with the role that she's played in all of these tragedies and all of these deaths and, and, and the acting. And I just think that she's just tired of it. And this season was a great kind of pseudo send off to her without not really sending her off because we know that, you know, a hero could take another dose of compound V and get their powers back. Right. But this season was a great kind of end to her arc of that point that she was in. Now she has an opportunity for a bit of catharsis. She has an opportunity for maybe a bit of happiness away from this machine who she felt like, you know, you can't fight City Hall. So yeah. she became a part of it. But then she got to the point where she just hated herself so much. She couldn't live with herself to the point that at one point, either I got to die or Homelander's got to die today. And she had her redemption. She had her moment mm -hmm. to finally be a genuine hero and make the sacrifice because at the end of the day, she did sacrifice herself to protect everyone in that room and say, mm -hmm. okay, or, you know, whoever's in this building, y'all don't deserve this. And she said, I'm going to tackle him out the window. We going to go. And, and I, I, at the moment, I felt like she did want to die, yeah. but, you know, she, but they gave her something to live for. And that yeah. was important too, because I, I think one of the great things, you know, obviously we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that part of what she also had to do was deny, you know, who she was in terms of, you know, as a, as a uh, gay woman, um, mm -hmm. or, at, you know, at least somewhere in the LGBT um, um, LGBTQ spectrum, you know, being in love with a woman and and it not being good for uh, for her brand and um, and you know and her being you know having to make that earlier sacrifice and then of right. course um, for for the safety of the woman that she loved having to kind of play ball with Homelander, you know, it, it made. The, where she was over the course of the season, how low they brought her, how much self-loathing that she kind of took upon herself. Um, you know, we, we, we saw this, the infamous kind of like hate fuck between her and, and Butcher, you know, because yeah. we think that we, we, we think that that's where she's, she's, that's where her head is at. You know, I, I admit that there was a point in the season where I didn't think she was going to get a redemption. I think I thought that they were setting her up for just a, a massive fall and a massive, you know, tragic uh, outcome, you know? Yeah. So the fact that they were able to, to, to complete that, like you said, put her in a position where she wants to die, not die because of how awful um, she, she feels and how worthless she feels, but actually die as a hero and actually yeah. do what she wanted to do this whole time, save lives, you know, was a, was a, Again, a great send off for her, a great uh, opportunity for her, uh, for Maeve to to die um, in in the best possible way so that I can't remember her real name. Um, you know, whatever, whatever alter ego is, uh, you know, can live in, in, as a more fulfilled and uh, three dimensional uh, character. I mean, I, I do kind of hope that, that that she's not you know, that, that this is the end for her in a good way, you know, that she gets to go off into the sunset? I mean, hmm. 
I wasn't very impressed, I guess, by Queen Maeve this season. Okay. Um, I, you know, there were certain things that, of course, that, uh, that I felt like were, of course, very integral to the story. Maggie and, and Shaw. How Thanks. that was her, um, her, her alter name. ego, Maggie Shaw. Okay. Um, you know, of course, that were very important to the story. And then how we ended with her making the, the sacrifice play and things like that. And, you know, her having her fight with Homelander, that was really cool. Because I know mm-hmm. they said, I mean, she, I guess, besides, um, I guess besides Soldier Boy, they were like, she's really the only other part. Like she is kind of legitimately number two. She's right. the only person that really can go toe to toe with Homelander. And she even did. when she got zapped yeah. by his lasers and it's just, yeah. it, you didn't even see her get burned. So, right. I mean, and, and that, right. And that was the thing. I mean, sorry, I, I forgot to mention it's hard to cut you off, but like, you know, we did, we didn't really get a lot of that. We didn't get, you know, part of her self-loathing was her not feeling like she could ever stand up to him anymore and go toe to toe with him. And that was another part of her, you know, kind of actualizing one last time, you know, when she saw him get hurt, you know, she, she, she remembered, you know, he's not invincible. I should be able to fight him. Like I can fight everyone else, but sorry, go on. (laughs) No. So I, um, I liked the glimpses that we got of her throughout the season. And I actually, I, I, I would not change it. I prefer that they did it that way. And she wasn't in it more constantly. Um, she was important, but I focused on her the least. Cause even though I dislike Starlight the most, um, besides the fact of her being in a lot of the episodes and having a lot of scenes, I was very invested in her because when she did things, I mean, it, it affected me. I was upset. I was like, Oh my God, why would you do this? Why would you say this? Why would you trust this person? You know, um, I tend to be the person that talks a lot during the episode and luckily he, he's still stuck beside me, but you know, I can't, I can't deny that she has an effect on me. Like she's, she's polarizing. I don't really feel that with Queen Maeve. So although I don't dislike her as much, it's also, I don't, I don't really feel anything. Well, I agree. I think they gave us just the right amount of Queen Maeve. You know, I don't think they overdid it. And, you know, I think she was properly sidelined and, you know, but sidelined so that they could bring her out, um, you know, when they needed her excuse me now one character that we that i definitely feel like deserves you know a clear out for is uh my favorite uh kimiko um who is a pure delight um i know that you know i i believe that she's written completely differently um from the way she's written in the books um i think the actress uh, Karen Fu- um, Fukuhara, like, you know, has been given so little in terms of what's on the page, but she's doing so much with her performance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we had her arc of her losing her powers. We had her arc of her still, you know, not having a voice, but kind of in her heart, finding her voice. You know, you have the love story-ish between her and Frenchie, you know, you have the tragedy of her, you know, getting the powers back um, because she feels like, you know, she does the most good as a soup. 
um, and you know how it kind of breaks your heart, but but you know she is an asset with with the powers. You know, I just think that you know I think that she's been a, a, a great uh, value add for the series. Uh, do you guys agree? I agree. I mean, in, in general, I think this is the season for um, the mute people, the people who didn't talk at all. Mm-hmm. They were pretty like present mm-hmm. and uh, effectual um, in this season. I mean, between Kimiko and Black Noir, like um, those are very interesting stories to track through this season. It's so interesting to me, too, because I honestly don't feel like they knew or had a lot for her to do this season. But the way that they compromised that with giving her such an emotional um, development in when we did see her and what she was doing. I mean, she had the one episode where, you know, they did the, the dildo murder scene, which was <laughs> yes. what it was. But overall, I don't think that they had too much for her to do. But what they did was they gave her her reasons. They took her reasons. They compromised her powers. They they did a lot for her character without necessarily having her character omnipresent or, you know, she was in a hospital for like an episode or two. They had the whole dance number. I mean, if you really probably look at this season, she's probably not on screen nearly as much as a a bunch of other people, but you feel like she is. And I think that speaks to the presence. But I also think it speaks to, I think it speaks to her emotional performance. You know, I think that, I think that from, uh, you know, everyone else is so macho, for lack of a better word, you know, like, everybody's like, putting their, their feelings, you know, kind of the villain, you know, in, in, obviously, with Homelander, you know, you see the duality of it, you see the person he's trying to be, and then the person that he is on the inside. Um, You know, everyone's kind of doing that to a certain extent, that their vulnerabilities are are not there to for, for everyone to see. And I guess because her character physically was so in, invulnerable that her emotional vulnerability, when it was paired with her physical vulnerability, made her that much more uh, of someone that you um you felt for that. When, when she gets her physical invulnerability back, it doesn't change the fact that you know what's, you know, even again, she's mute. She's not able to articulate what, what she's feeling, but you're able to sort of see it in her, in her eyes and see it in, in her physical performance she's that, you know, actress. what she, exactly what she's grappling with. And, you know, again, it's an example of like, you know, there's what's on the page. That's what, like, if you, bullet points you probably put five bullet points for her for the whole season but she's done so much more in her scenes than those five bullet points mm-hmm. I like what they gave her this season because I think not so much that there was a lack of confidence but she had that almost that, that chip on her shoulder or that monkey on her back of 
because of what they did to me and my brother, you know, because of the compound B and the experiments and being, you know, child soldiers, we lost a childhood. I hate compound V. It made me so violent. Mm. It made me do all these things. And then she goes through the season as we find, you know, compound V or V24, it brings out what's already there. And so she came to terms with the fact of like, it really wasn't the compound V. Mm. It was how I was using it. And of course, you have the external factors like you really didn't have a choice. They made you be a child soldier. They made you go out and kill people. But I think that's when she came to the realization of like, you know, she was happy at first not to have her powers anymore because she thought she could be, you know, um, normal or in French, she could run away. They could have a life together. But then, as she said, when she almost lost him because she didn't have the powers, um, she can't protect her family. Right. And so she's she came to appreciate the compound V because it's like, it's what you make out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. I made out of it. Um, even after I was out of the situation where I was being used to commit, you know, these atrocities, I made it that now I have the opportunity. It's a, it's a, a matter of choice. I didn't yeah. get to choose it before I get to choose it now. And I get to use it in a way that I want to. And I, and I love that for her because yeah. it took, but I, I mean, but I still think that there's, I still think that there is an element of tragedy though, because I think that she believes that it's, that it's who she is, you know, that it's, that, that it's all she knows, you know, that she can't be another way. And because of, I agree that she's still doing it to protect the person that she loves, but but I think that she laments that there's nothing else there but that, that that's all she brings, that that's all she brings to the table. I think, I think that's true, but I think there is, I think she takes comfort in, again, being able to make the choice, but also we've kind of stripped away the excuses and now I have an awareness of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's sad, you know, Frenchie's arms have gone back to being bendy straws. So, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I feel like there's a joy in her awareness and her really kind of finding her purpose. Whereas, though, like, you know, I love Frenchie and there was an opportunity for us to be together romantically, but that's not what he needs. And that's not that's not my ultimate best way to have a role in his life. I need to be able to protect him because more than a romantic interest, we're family. And I want to be able to protect my family from this world because I have the abilities to do so that they don't have. So I think that she was able to come to terms with, hey, I want to be selfish but that's not what's ultimately best for the people who I care about right now. And I think she was able to find a joy in that and find a, a purpose and, and an acceptance, a self-acceptance hmm. within that to say that, you know, these people are my family and I want to be able to protect them. I'm not so sure. I mean, I guess we'll see how her story continues to, to sort of spin out, whether she's still kind of, um, you know, struggling with, you know, with whether it is, in, you know, something that she can do out of joy or whether there's still a sense of, of, uh, of regret that, uh, you know, that there may not be more, there may not be more to her, you know, than, than her still being kind of a weapon. 
I feel like the closest thing I can, can contrast her with or compare her with as a character would be Rogue because Rogue is a kind of tragic character with her powers as well, right? Rogue can't touch anybody. Uh, she could kill them, but it comes to it that Rogue has, you know, a similar arc where she comes to appreciate her powers for what she can bring to the team because Rogue is literally like a, a can do it all. But yeah. Kimiko, see, I was thinking, I was thinking of her more like a Wolverine though, you know, yeah. where like Wolverine never really comes off of the, the sense that, you know, the self-loathing of like, he's still, he's capable of loving. He's capable of protecting. He's capable of being kind, but, you know, push comes to shove. Like when, when somebody needs killing, you know, he, he does it. And, 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 and because of that, you know, he does regret what, what they made him. Mm. That's a good Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Who's yeah. next? <laughs> um, you know, and actually, the, I, I suppose the, the contrast, the, the hope maybe would be someone like Laura Wolverine, you know, that Wolverine who has that, right, right, who has that, but then also because she doesn't have as much of a, of a long history of loss and regret, um, you know, she's still hopeful. Uh, that, that the family that she, you know, that she can find, you know, can can offer a little bit more balance than what her, you know, than than the the tragedy of her father. So, you know, maybe she falls somewhere in between the two Wolverines, you know, between Logan and Laura. Um, I'm I'm pulling for her though. I'm I'm hopeful that uh, you know that we'll get we'll get more growth for for Kimiko. Fingers crossed, but as they've shown, anything can happen. So my goodness. Well, you, you know, we're getting toward the, the area of the comics where the comics are kind of run, they're running out of stuff to adapt from the comics. So they're saying that possibly next season may be the last season of The Boys. Oh. And if that's the case, uh, in the comics, spoiler for the comics, spoiler for the comics, spoiler for the comics, still here? Spoiler for the comics. <laughs> okay. Um, in the comics, Billy kills them all. Oh, yeah. Billy kills all the boys. Uh, only Huey is left. So, one, I think that they can probably stretch out two seasons. And I think from a, from a pure money perspective, they will. Uh, stretch oh. <laughs> um, so, I think that they'll find a way to, cre to cre if they do uh, move towards an end game, I think that they'll not go that route in terms of their ultimate arcs. Um, but they may kind of knowing that that's what's out there in the in the book canon, uh, make overtures towards that in, in order to kind of give us a swerve. Um, mm. Yeah, they I mean, they've they've already, you know, moved away from book, a yeah. lot of the comic storyline. So, you know, Ryan, Ryan did exist in the comics, but Billy killed him oh. like as a baby. Oh wow, so, that's that's a major deviation. Then. Yeah. yeah. Look, so I, I mean, fully, I fully expect Ryan. When we see Ryan next, he will be Mini Me Homelander. He'll be Homelander Junior. He will have the haircut. He will have the suit. He will have the mannerisms. He will be full on uh, baby Homelander, and he's going to be lasering. He's going to be ordering around the deep and uh, an A train like they're his subordinates. Like that's I mean, mm. absolutely because he's still a child too, and we all know that children are, are impressionable. Yeah, 
well, impressionable, but tight. He's like, I mean, he's not as young as when they say little kids are because like, it takes a little while for your brain to develop that whole empathy thing. So that's why sometimes when you, when kids do things, you're like, wow, that was incredibly cruel. And it's like, that's just how they are. Like they have to learn and develop to be empathetic and to know, you know, the difference between right and wrong. Although I think they say your brain doesn't really stop developing until you're about 25, 25. but he's still what, like 10, 11, 12. He's still in that age of like, your frontal cortex is pretty much mush and like mm-hmm. I'm driven by my base instincts, you know? So I definitely see him just being like, you hurt my feelings. I'm mad. Zap. Mm. For sure. Like so, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let's run through, let's run through the, uh, the, 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 the villains, the ones that, the ones that we don't necessarily care what happens to. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll start with the deep, uh, you know, he's, he's still, still a piece of shit um yeah he's still uh he is but it's it's no he's well personality is so weird he's chase crawford is doing an amazing job with playing such a scumbag you know he's he's watchable um you know he's got that right like sycophantic um side like we we know that he's obviously the Aquaman analog and we know that we can they, they can play play around with some of that stuff um you know with regard to like him being you know sexually deviant um you know they had they had the arc they had the arc of last season where he was in the cult you know and the, and the whole dynamic with his wife uh in this season I mean he's been entertaining don't get me wrong it's just that at the end of the day like he he he's always going to do the wrong thing and we're not even going to be shocked when he does it when he does the wrong thing he is i think the i guess evil version of like naivete like naivety that um starlight has because a lot of the stuff that he does and he says and the way that he interacts with people i'm like why why would you do that? You don't think alienating your wife like that and being like, oh, I'm the smart one. Why did the Chris Hannity of this mm-hmm. universe or whatever say that I was so smart and had, you know, whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, cause you're reading my lines. I'm the one who mm-hmm. went to Vassar. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And then he was just like, oh, I'll be fine without you. And then we come to see at the end, she has the tell all book on or whatever. Him yeah. and now he's back to looking like an abuse. I mean, he is an abuser, but right. the the image you tried to clean up, you have tarnished it again. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's. Um, oh, go on. Sorry. Uh, well, just very quickly, I, I I really enjoy the deep this season. Um, they they pushed his nar 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 no narcissism narcissism or. Uh, they, everything was just pushed forward to another level um the scene with him eating timothy was <laughs> perfect um you know and then like like we said his sexual deviancy like if this were a true analog of aquaman would he not be trying to fuck fish so so i was thinking about this i was thinking about this pre jason momoa right because remember this was written pre jason momoa yeah aquaman was a joke yeah useless 
was what like in pop culture that was he was the the least respected of the of the justice league probably the least respected household name superhero uh that you could potentially that the average person would know about so i think when you take that into account that regardless of how powerful he might be as a as a character in terms of superpowers, he, he's the guy you laugh at. He, oh, you talk to fish, you know, that's that's so lame. You know, so it, it would follow that that he would be the guy that everyone else on the team would dunk on, you know, mm-hmm. that he would be the guy that uh, that people would believe, you know, like like the Aquaman uh, having sex with fish joke. You know, the only reason that we don't partake in that is because it's Jason Momoa. You know, like the only reason, you know, the, the innate coolness of Jason Momoa is what is able to neutralize years and years of us uh, making, you know, making fun of and dunking on Aquaman. But, you know, Chase Crawford is playing the deep as Aquaman pre pre that. And he gets to be the receptacle for all of our uh, all of our, uh, you know, you're a creep, you know, you have you know, sex with fish you know, you, you you do this, that, and the other, like you're slimy, you know, he's got gills, he's got all that stuff. And, and the other superheroes don't respect you. So you're, you're capable of anything, you know, it, when you're, when you're positioned there. So, and I agree, the, the like I said, the performance was great. And, and the, the, the things that they can have him do, when you have a character that there is no line, uh, <laughs> there is no line that they that they uh, can't cross. It, it creates so many opportunities in the plot because you know he's the guy that goes to hero gasm, you know, and and gets into everything in the hero gasm, you know, because of course he would. Yeah, and even in the comics, hero gasm was it was bigger in the comics, but in this universe. It was supposed to be like B and C list heroes. So what the fuck is even the deep doing there? Uh, ironically, A Train was there as well, but that was random. I don't. I don't. I you don't mean, remember. You mean in the show or in the comic? Didn't they send him there? Didn't Homelander send him there? He sent them to the scout there. for the twins, right? Right. To find the twins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Yeah, I must not have remembered. Yeah, because the deep was just there doing what he does with sea creatures, and then Starlight took that picture. Yeah, yeah. And A Train, I think, was there to scout for the. No, A Train was there to try to find um, Blue Beetle or whatever his name is, or the yeah the guy uh, that Blue put Hawk. his brother in Blue a... Hawk. Was he there? Was he there looking for Blue Hawk? I thought he was there. I no. thought he was there on a mission, and then he saw Blue Hawk there. Yes. Oh, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. But you got to rewatch. Sometimes, yeah. even though he's so deplorable, no redeeming qualities, because of him being so naive, you sometimes the way that he bit. gets fooled yeah. and the way that he gets spoken to, I do sometimes feel sympathy for him. I'm like, you're well, so he's, simple. He's and you're pitiable, so- is what he yeah. is. You know, yeah. like he's, he's still, he's, he's not a. There's some characters that are evil right and and you want to see them get their comeuppance mm-hmm. because they're evil you know he's always going to get his comeuppance these things he's constantly he had to eat the the he had to eat the yeah i mean he, i don't like, see him as necessarily yeah. evil i just i just see deep as stupid he's well, easily, he, I, mean, he, I mean he's bad right? I mean, he, and, you know, he, bad. yeah 
I mean, he I knew mean, he knew that guy was going to get killed, right? Um, I forget his name. Um, that uh, speed? Guy? No, no, speed. Um, what's what's the the? Her, oh, oh, oh! Uh, Annie's boyfriend. Yeah, supersonic. Boy. Was it supersonic? supersonic? Yeah, like he knew that by turning, you know, by turning uh, supersonic over to Homelander, he was going to get killed. And you know, well, A Train like, did that. Yeah, A Train did that. Oh, was A Train? Oh, okay. Never yeah, A Train was the one because he went to A Train to be like, "Oh, I see how Homelander is talking about you and your girdle and how you are in oh, effect. Yeah. You can't <laughs> run. Good point. Would you good like point. to get rid of him?" And he was like actually i'd like to use this to get on his good side so thanks (laughs) oh a train a train is 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 the is the other side of that coin i suppose because he can't get right uh he can't get right we want we want better for him but he can't can't well we'll see what happens now because he he literally they put the heart of his greatest enemy in him which is poetic in and of itself but sure he can he can now run again. I think that that's not going to make him better. I think that's no, gonna it's not going to make him better because yeah. now he can do what he wants again. I can run again. I, oh no I'm no I was oh no I'm thinking the opposite. I'm thinking that you know like this is literally he has a racist heart now, right? He has the, the <laughs> he has the heart of someone that hates black people, and you know he already like he tried to do that like hard pivot into pro blackness. You know, he wanted to be kind of like doing social activism, you know, in order to sort of get his brother's respect. Um, you know, he does the thing where he um, kills Blue Hawk, thinking that he's, you know, doing some kind of like avenging, avenging thing. And it just makes it even worse for him. Like well, he, he has- did that fully expecting to die, too. True, true. Because they, they told him, like, the next time you run, your heart's going to explode. So that was like his last act of defiance against the machine yeah right. but I think now that he didn't die he has the heart and yeah we have these feelings about it coming from that particular person who is a racist who crippled my brother mm-hmm. but now that my brother has essentially said i am done with you I, i'm turning my back on mm-hmm. you i think there's really i don't think that he'll use that as a way to become good oh no i, I agree with that i just think i just think he's gonna spiral though but what I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I see him spiraling more oh, so than I see more so than I see him kind of embracing being like gleefully evil. You know, I think he's I think he's going to fall further into self-loathing. I think mm-hmm. he's, I wouldn't are using compound B again and just fuck up this heart, too. Maybe, maybe that, maybe, that. <laughs> maybe, you know, well, I don't know. His motivation for himself. using compound V before was the pressure of being the fastest and he was getting older and there were these other speedsters that were coming up i mean also he was just addicted to it too did that other speedster to die was he killed oh yeah yeah he was he was was killed supersonic was was uh supersonic yeah was he a speedster yeah he was a speedster and that was the other that was the other part of twisting the knife you know that he was like he's brought in to replace him because he couldn't run hmm that's kind of crazy, especially. Mm, okay. Mm. Two so, speedsters on the seven. Mm, mm-hmm. Right, but one was a fake speedster because he couldn't run. You know that's true. Like and that and that was and again that was part of that was part of Homelander's kind of you know belief belief factor. You know I you know you're you're fat, <laughs> you're out of shape, uh, you can't run. We're just keeping you around. You know go pretend to be whatever you're going to pretend to be but you don't have my respect because you're not a real you know you're not a real super anymore well now he's back to being a super 
you know, now he's back to being able to do all the things that he was able to do in season one. But you could see just by the fact that he, you know, kind of like apologized to Huey, you know, I think that there's, I think that he, he, he can no longer delude himself into thinking that it's just all fun and games, you know, that he's just like being the speedster, the happy-go-lucky guy and none consequences be damned. He's had to deal with the consequences and he's had to deal with just kind of knowing just how, how pitiful and sad he is. And I, th- and I think that's going to- gonna... arc because he apologized to, to Huey, right? Yeah. And Huey still- struck him it wasn't enough which was crazy because he's like how did you how did you right. do that like that yeah. actually hurt how but ultimately ultimately he was trying to do the right things a lot in the second half of the season he was trying mm-hmm. to do the right things just to be um shown that you know you you are basically what you are uh so i think that there's definite credence to both of what you guys are saying i'm interested i don't know which way they're going to take them because i feel like they could take them upwards where they can continue to take him downwards. The tragedy of what happened to his brother could be a motivator to go upwards. But the fact that what happened to his brother was basically his fault in an attempt to try to win his brother's affection or approval, because it mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't altruistic. Like he wasn't just like, oh, Blue Hawk, you're doing bad things to black people. Like you said, he had this hard pivot to pro-blackness because that's what he felt like he needed. He needed that adoration from that demographic because he never cared about it before. Yeah, I agree so with it's, that. It's going to be interesting. I, yeah, I mean, I think it was. I think it's a combination, though. I think that he's always wanted his brother's respect, and he's always wanted his brother to, you know, like to be proud of him. And before it was being proud of him because he was the fastest speedster. And, you know, of course, he was abusing the compound V so he could be his fastest speedster. Then when he couldn't run anymore, he was like, well, what else does my brother care about? You know, social social responsibility. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll be I'll get his respect that way. And but I do think that he you know, that's the thing about uh, a train. I don't think he I don't think he doesn't believe in. I don't think he's completely amoral. You know what I mean? But I just think that he's he gets tempted he gets you know it's it's like the shortcut he's that's that's the speedster part of him right he'll, he's constantly constantly looking for the shortcut the easy way out and and that's where he just continues to stumble and and yeah. i think that now that he's by himself now he doesn't have anybody that, that cares about him that's why i think he's going to spiral i don't think he's going to like go dark like i don't think he's there yet in terms of you know going full full heel full homelander but i think that he's going to um you know bury himself uh bury himself in being in the seven uh bury himself in all the creature comforts of of being in the seven i'm sure he'll have like i'm sure we'll see him uh probably there'll be a scene of him you know with like three women you know like uh, either but it being the boys I wouldn't be surprised to actually show it, <laughs> but but at the very least, uh, you know, making it clear that he's trying to bury himself in in the comforts of uh, a celebrity and being back in the fold. I wondered during like the the later part of the season, especially after he got hit by Huey and then his brother being paralyzed, if he's going to find out about V twenty four and if perhaps. 
he might sneak it to his brother thinking another thing because just like with Huey he broke his arm but the v24 it fixed it so Mm. I wonder if he'll fix his spine he'll be able to walk again and be like see I love you look what I did for you just like with the with the blue falcon thing and then his brother's still saying yeah you know what I I can see I can see one of the boys I can't figure out who yet I could see one of the boys trying to like put that in his ear you know maybe it's butcher even you know being like well you know if you want to get your brother you want to get your brother back you can you know give him some compound v and you know i'll I'll get you some compound v or whatever do what it like you know if you if you if you work on work with us well you know some some kind of thing Mm. that 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 puts him that puts him back in the mode of of double agent um, because yeah. unfortunately, he's just constantly lying to people, constantly trying to play different sides. So that would be dope if he actually was written in to be a double agent for the boys. That that could be possibly his his redemption. Uh, but also, he could fuck it up. So he's gonna, uh, he's, I mean, he's at a this point, character. yeah, at this point, I assume he's going to fuck it up at all points. I mean, I, 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 I'm like Charlie Brown, you know, trying to kick the football where I'm <laughs> like, I keep thinking like, maybe this, this, this is the way. Nope. You know, yeah. and now that's just, I'm just resigned that I feel like that's what, what a trade's going to do. He'll give us just enough hope to where we think that he's going to uh, do the right thing. And then at the last minute, oh, mm. did it again. His follow through yeah. needs some needs some work. Fair. Yeah. So, are there any other characters that you feel like uh, deserve deserve shouting out? I mean, Ashley. Uh, you know, White Ashley. I guess there's <laughs> Ashley one and Ashley two. Um, Her. Um. She's kind of a delight. I like. I like Ashley. No, Ashley's she awesome. Has, she has some funny quips. Um. I. I like what she at the very end too, despite her being a part of this whole, you know, Vought thing and the way that she has to be kind of deplorable to maintain the position that she has now that she was lusting after, but also maintain her safety. I did like when she saw the images of. of oh, yes. Yes. And then, you know, I, we, we also saw a commentary where they were talking about how Ashley really felt bad for Queen Maeve. She felt bad for mm-hmm. what they were doing to her, what essentially she was kind of being forced to do to, to her and taking away her agency and, and yeah, her, harvesting her, her eggs. Her eggs yeah. Um, and then her kind of deleting that foot, footage in solidarity with her, like you've been through enough. This is one thing that I can do for you. This is the only thing I'm so, ever going to do. So for I got to ask the question: uh, Is there a potential uh, good guy turn for for Ashley in the coming season? No, I think she's too selfish. But I think she, you still see glimmers of her humanity. I don't think she'll be a good guy because ultimately, I think she'll always weigh the odds, right? And with deleting the footage of of Queen Maeve, I think she weighed. this is not going to be too detrimental to me um, Mm -hmm. unless Queen Maeve fucks it up by showing up. Um, I think she is going to want to stay gone. So there's not really much that's going to out me to Mm -hmm. Homelander unless other Ashley, she starts get calculating and like, (laughs) Hey, there's nothing I can do. I'm Ashley number two. So I couldn't stop her, but 
I just thought you should know she deleted that video. So unless the other Ashley starts acting that way, I think she waited to be the, the, the cost is little to me. I can do this. But as far as like working with the boys, there has to be something big for her to do it that she's like, this would be beneficial to me because right now this um, I'm going to die or I'm going to lose my position. But otherwise she's gonna be like, I'm not going to deal with you guys. You're not effectual to this level with Homelander and me being in the same building with him all the time. So I think she'll continue to be selfish, but she'll show little glimmers of her humanity that overrides the selfishness. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, if she knows she can get away with doing the right thing, she will. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, she's not going to go she out of her do way it to just do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Trying to pull up. I think action. that was really her that was basically her apology. I felt bad about it. This is what I'll do for you. But yeah, I'll do you a solid. That, I'm not helping you in any other way yeah. or anybody else. Now we're even Steven. We're mm-hmm. square. Mm. Yeah. That I hair think it- pulling. I was like, oh my God. And then when Homelander called her out and told her to take off that wig, I was like, oh my mm. God. Yeah. Um, uh- I guess that's where, I mean, you know, we could, any, no one, you know, there were so many cameos, so many uh, recurring characters, uh, you know, shout out to our guy from Mad About You. Um, oh, yeah, legend. The legend, yeah, I'm hmm. trying, to, trying to remember the actor. Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser, thank you. Yes, hmm. Paul Reiser, uh, you know, the, the double, the double whammy of the boys and and Stranger Things, you know, Paul Reiser, keep getting those checks, uh, doing your thing. Um, yeah, we there were there were so many, too many to, to name as far as the brief brief appearance, one or two appearances. That's one thing that the show is definitely capable of doing because of uh, its status as uh, Emmy nominated, uh, prestige, <laughs> prestige television. Uh, we're, who knows who we'll get to see uh, in season four. Uh, with respect to stunt casting, I hope it's I hope it's good. I'm uh, I'm excited. You know what I'm really excited, and I hope that they do something with. Well, maybe not really excited, but I think it will be interesting if Stormfront isn't actually dead because we didn't see her die and we didn't see, didn't see her, her body. body. We saw stretcher and a black bag, but I'm like, if you didn't see it on screen, it didn't happen. That's true. Although, I feel like they've have they'd have to figure out a spin to put on her to really, like, make it not. That might be seem... um, Edgar using her, and there might be a point where it's like, oh, he, like Homelander. I don't know what they, I don't know how they would get her to get on board. Maybe because she found out that he wasn't really about that whole Aryan mm-hmm. race thing, and that's disappointing. Mm-hmm where Homelander's about to do something and then she pops out and he's like, oh, like, this is fucking me up, the woman that I wanted to have my super family with. And then they duke it out. Although I think he could ultimately destroy her pretty easily because his son did a bang up job, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, I, I think it's gonna be, I think it's, I, I can't figure out yet um, who, who, the, who would be best suited to be an antagonist, probably a new character um, in, in the upcoming season, rather than, you know, I think if this was a show that was gonna go on for like 10 years, 
<laughs> you know, we could get a we could get a a um, a Stormfront two appearance, but I think that in in the uh, in the vein of sort of like trying to keep the plot tight, I don't yeah. think they want to do too many you know recurring recurring antagonists. Yeah, that makes sense. They're probably getting to the point now where they would probably have to make up antagonists, and there's also that famous uh, use of black noir in a comic who you know oh yeah to what black noir ends up being mm-hmm. which they didn't do yeah i heard but that are um, they going to take that storyline or through line and readjust it to something else some way else that'll be interesting to see because sure. that that was that was a great twist in the comic yeah i heard about that um you know, you know there's some stories um when they were talking about the the end of the black noir arc i don't think this is too much of a spoiler because it was announced that uh there will be a new black noir in in season four um and, and that's I, what i'm are they going to and now are they going to do that you know what i mean as far as oh i see maybe black in the noir. comics right was yeah. to where now homelander can't see through his through his mask you know what i mean so yeah, it's what even was that? They put um, the guy who was invisible and like impenetrable in mm-hmm. that like box that Homelander couldn't see through mm-hmm. that whatever that meant. So maybe they'll coat the mask yeah. and that yeah. sort of metal like as a because he can't see through like Kevlar or something. I don't know. It's not Kevlar. It's a, it's a yeah. specific metal that he, he has something he can't see through like Superman. Yeah. Yeah. So but the only they could still do that. I mean, that that definitely feels like a Stan, a Stan Edgar move. Um, but the, the, I guess the question that I have is who would do that? Because at this point, at this point, Homelander's in charge of Vought, mm-hmm. right? So but is Homelander in charge trust. of all of Vought? I feel like Stan Edgar never plays all his cards and True. he walked off too cool. Like, okay, you can have the stuff I'll let you have. Cause he might oh, no. have to come back to him with his tail between his legs, but also I can't be taking care of all this shit with Vought. I got to raise my son. So I guess you can have your position back. That's, yeah, that's you know, I, was, I was doing a good job, but I guess you could come in since you have, you know. Oh, you see, I think. Experience. No, I, I don't think I don't think Stan's playing that game. I think that what's especially now that he has Victoria, because at the time he thought that Victoria was was at, at the time. Victoria was Stan's um, trump card. You know, and now it's now it's it's Homelander who thinks that he's got Victoria on his side. So I think that I think that what we may get is a situation where we find out that Victoria has has is working a counter is working a counter plot with in tandem with in tandem with with Stan. But I don't think Stan's going back to the company. Um, <laughs> like, and and in in my mind, I think that I think that Homelander is going to select uh who the new black noir is and i wouldn't be surprised if they if the route that they go is where you know if they do go that route with um that it's actually something the homelander is okay with um as opposed to him being um you know someone that would be an antagonist for him but i haven't thought it all the way through yet um but i think that i think that we're gonna I think that now that home, oh, sorry, now that Starlight has left the seven, I think it's just going to be filled with uh, Homelander sycophants. I think it's just going to be Homelander, Homelander Jr., 
and then five people who kiss up the homelander and that's the seven <laughs> like, yeah because who's left there's legit like A-train the deep and the atrium yeah and right. homelander. is it and then he didn't already i mean he's already been alienating them but i did think that last uh undressing that he did of everyone and how he was like you know y'all are I, shit well y'all are but trash. then he also told them I basically I loved Black Noir. And I he is worth I killed him. Ten of y'all, mm-hmm. yes, and I killed him. So, I mean, I don't think he need to say that. I think they all knew, like, Mind he, your he, P's he, and killed, Q's, bitch. he definitely put the point on that. If you had any doubt, please have no more. Mm-hmm, I killed right. my man's. You could die. Exactly, and that's why I think this next incarnation of the Seven is just basically going to be the most uh mm-hmm. homelander centric uh the most uh we don't do anything until we get approval from homelander you know yeah. it's gonna be scared to see who they who are they because bring, yeah. besides that and them just kissing his ass they would have to have because they're they're gonna know that he wants them to do crazy inhumane stuff they're going to be psychotic yeah yeah i would agree yeah so I'm looking forward to that uh, for sure, but, you know, because, you know, you have uh, the boys 2.0 or whatever point oh, uh, mm. version of the team. And now you're going to get the seven uh, 2.0, 2.0 version of that team in Homelander's image. And, you know, there it's just going to be whatever happens in the middle. I, I can't really figure out what they're going to be fighting over, but um, maybe the soul of Ryan, but I don't think Ryan's soul is going to end up being saved (laughs) i don't think so either i think he's probably only going to have like a glimmer of goodness and that's going to be what probably kills him where it's going to be like especially if it comes between down between butcher and homelander because that scene where he told homelander that he wanted to leave i don't believe that he really wanted to leave but he saw one of one of my dads my dad is going to kill my other dad he's going to kill you i'm going i know how much he loves me and wants Mm. me to be on his side so i'm going to say i want to leave to throw you a bone because he's about to kill you sir sure yeah Mm. for sure i think that's true but i think that the next time we see him he's going to be a lot further gone you think Um, so you think there won't be a point where he tries to save Busher and Homelander will be so incensed by that that he just like he does snap reaction kills him like that. No, one I don't. Of- I don't. I think that I think that it's possible. I think I think that what might happen is that uh, Ryan's going to take a shot that's meant for Homelander. You know mm. that 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 that's how. He, yeah. Oh shit. Um. I think that that's, I mean, if we lose Ryan, I think that's how we're going to lose Ryan, you know, and maybe, you know, maybe they bond in their final moments or whatever moments, um, you know, over the, the, both the, the grief of losing Ryan. And maybe they have like a second where you think that they're going to like, you know, uh, have a truce and then it just turns into they both blame the other and then then, then it's full <laughs> it's full know. of scorched earth it depends on who is doing the shot to homeland because i don't know if they would do that again right because they came together against soldier boy when he did whatever he did to ryan and they were like what the hell don't sure. hit the kid 
and they looked at each other and came together to do that. Right. I, but I think either way would be effectual in mm-hmm. him yeah. completely losing. Right, but what I'm life. saying is I'm saying the opposite Whether of that. He kills him or somebody else kills him. Right, but I'm saying the opposite of that in the sense that you think they're going to do it again, oh, where they, they okay. where they come together and fight whoever, but instead they blame each other for what happened to Ryan and okay. they fight and you know over and I so I could see that being kind of like where where next season you know kind of ends, assuming that either it's the last season or the second to last season, you know that Ryan's you know Ryan sacrificing himself for you know his dad. Mm. Um, his biological dad, um, you know, being kind of like the final straw of it's, it's a full end game at that point. Okay. There's a lot of good options. Yeah. I mean, so far they've been doing so well. So I know, well, I hope because we all know with shows that we're doing so well. Like, <laughs> are you saying that when they run out of source material, <laughs> are you saying that when they run out of source material and they have to rely upon just the, the writers that, that things that, uh, you know, moves can be made that, that ultimately don't, I hope they learn out. <laughs> I hope that, that never happens. Well, again, they, but... they've been, they've been, on a tangent away from the comics quite quite already so i i have hope if there's two more seasons to your point michael then i'd be fine with that but i'd also be fine with next season being the last season yeah i just feel like if the next season was the last season they would have probably announced it already like full on you know um, uh, this is the last true, season because yeah. they definitely have the cachet right yeah it's true. not like it has to be the last season like we know people love it so we'll probably and, and they've got these spinoffs and they've got these spinoffs that they're doing you know there's there's room to like amazon doesn't need the money but they're they they love that they love a, a, a franchise <laughs> that's you know, an understatement understatement <laughs> like yeah. they love a franchise you know, then they and and the boys is actually one that they they can point to. You know, between you know, the have, exactly. I hope everybody else takes a page from Amazon because they have been exceptional in the original shows and movies for the most part. That um that Chris the 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 worst Chris Chris Pratt. That Chris hmm. Pratt movie about him going hmm. to the future to fight and stuff, that was pretty I thought bad. that was a Netflix movie. That no, was that an was Amazon, on Amazon Prime. Ugh. That was um, I thought, I th- see, I thought it was Peacock. I thought it was one of those. <laughs> I it was one of those. It was, so that wasn't great. But <laughs> overall, their originals yeah. are real are really yeah. good. Yeah. But here's the thing. I think it's because they have all the money in the world. Like they yeah, don't need God. it. They they're not doing it from a place of like we need our next thing to be a hit. I mean, I think the I think the one exception is is this you know is the is Lord of the Rings thing that they spent you know a billion dollars on. Um, Like I think that that's something that they made a major bet. Uh, The story is they saw Game of Thrones. Jeff Bezos was like, why don't we have a Game of Thrones? And he basically gave them a blank check. To, to to create their own Game of Thrones on the Lord of the Rings IP. Hmm. So, but other than that, I think that it's just a matter of, hey, we've got the money. Uh, we don't need to publicize what our viewership numbers are. We, you know, we're, our share price isn't tied to how many people are watching our shows. We just hmm. want to make quality entertainment. And the other thing that's kind of like, uh, kind of an underrated part of, of what they do, like they're, they used to be booksellers. 
they have such an insight as as booksellers in, in like in terms of being able to find a book series or a book and getting that deal in place adaptation to, to, yeah, adapt, right. to adapt those books you know yeah. like they're, they're, it's like a easy pipeline uh um, well, like time has already been renewed for season three. Oh, really mm-hmm because I was going like, to say they had Wheel of Time, but certainly that's yeah. not as popular. They have, as they've got the, the Tom right. Clancy stuff, you know, mm-hmm. which is a book series. They've got the Jack Reacher stuff, which is a book series. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, I think that that's kind of an underrated part. They probably have a really good algorithm for knowing the demographics of the people who who are buying these books and are reading them on Kindle, and they are probably able to really figure out which books to option and what happens you know for the most part you know you watch you know you you, you watch the series a certain amount of people are going to go back and read the books um you know because they became you know amazon being real real life vaught <laughs> i mean for real the irony is kind of sick um yeah i hope they continue to to bring to the screen um adaptations of more i don't want to say more interesting because they're all interesting but maybe alternative comic books the next mm-hmm. one they're doing is called eight thousand genies is oh, that a, i heard about that comic yeah okay and it's basically one day everybody in the world got a genie but they can only make one wish so they're saying that this may be either an anthology or a universe because there's so many stories that could come from that. that how long? Did, how long did the comic run? Uh, don't give me the line. To you. I gave, <laughs> I gave we'll, you all the information I had. Well, we'll 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 get back to we'll get back to you on that, listeners. But I guess that's how we where we should leave it. Um, you know, this has been a great episode, guys. If I uh, can say so myself. Uh, <laughs> glad that glad that you joined us. Uh, once again, let the listeners know where they can find you. So we are blurred, wa- blurred watchers, excuse me, on the potbreak.com. Uh, so you can listen to us talk about, we, we watch a wide variety of different types of shows. Um, we are also blurred life with my wife. So that's our individual kind of, well, our passion project that's outside of the pot break. Um, and then you can find me specifically uh, on Instagram and Twitter, Neo Queen Celine. And that's an homage to Sailor Moon. Okay. Yeah, you can find me uh, at the Okami Council on all platforms. The T H E Okami O K A M I Council, spelled just like it sounds. No spaces, no underscores. We be but around. Is, it, is that council like the group or council like yeah. the attorney? Okay. Uh, <laughs> like a council of Okamis. Yeah. Uh, the gotcha. Okami gotcha. Council. It's important it's you know i appreciate it you. is an important yeah. distinction yeah. homophones you know you gotta be careful <laughs> <laughs> well you can find me at uh, mtfiii on twitter uh you can also if you're listening to this podcast hope you hopefully you subscribe to it uh you know we goodbye to all that every month uh we're i'm not sure what show we're doing next there's so many good shows on right now um it's a it's a you know flood of of uh, options uh you can also find me on my other podcast the racial draft uh racial draft pod on twitter um guys this was this was great and listeners this has been your pop break <laughs>